People, don't you know what this is? This is training camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. Good evening, Manhattan, Wamigo, Junction City, and anywhere the internet has enveloped you in its cold embrace. Welcome to Training Camp with Colby Van Camp, yours truly behind the gray microphone, high atop the music department and McCain Auditorium located on McCain Drive in the heart of the campus of Kansas State University in the core of the Little Apple, Manhattan, Kansas. It is a great day to be a Wildcat. I'm very happy to have Jasmine Halliburton back in the studio after her uh, uh, insane trip to Vegas. Uh, if you uh, uh-huh. weren't keeping up with that on social media, then you missed out because that was uh, seemed like quite the party that you were having over there I, in Vegas. I did exactly what a 24-year-old would do in Vegas. <laughs> Let's just leave we're it gonna, at that. We're going to leave that up to your imagination, right? Um, but what we won't leave to your imagination is our guest today. I mean, we kind of will because radio is like theater of the mind, right? So you, while is. you can't see it, you uh, have to come up with what it looks like in your in your brain. But I'm very excited to have uh, our first. We've had former K-State coaches. We've had former K-State players. But we've never had any current active roster K-State players on the show until tonight. And tonight we have one of K-State's top defensive backs, Echo Boydo. Echo, thank you for being on training camp this evening. Thanks for having me. Of course, it's our pleasure to have uh, an active K-State football player on the show. I mean, uh, it's uh, always a great time with all the folks that we've had on, but it's uh, it's especially like fun to get the inside scoop. So, Echo, you're a defensive back, you're uh, a corner. Um, what what do you think is the strength for the Kansas State defense? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna roll with this question. What do you think is K State's strength for the defense going into the season for 2022 here and just under a month? Um, I mean, it would be hard to just say um, one spot, but uh, I mean, we we have guys all around. Um, of course, Julius Brents, he's right next to me on the other side, uh, playing corner, um, and he just brings. Uh, a lot of physicality. Uh, he's a great player, and we also have Daniel Green on on the defense. So I mean, like just have just having Daniel leading the defense is is, is enough, and will be enough for every spot. Okay, no, that's great. Um, so part of what I love about Kansas State and the culture that Kansas State has is just the way that all the the players on the team kind of bounce off each other. There's, you know, there's the guys that step up and lead, but everyone's expected to lead too. Um, the, does it get you hyped up to be playing with guys who are as skilled as Julius Brents and Felix Anadeke Uzama and Khalid Duke and Daniel Green and all those guys? Is it fun to look around and be like, oh my gosh, look at this defense that I'm playing with? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, like you said, you just listed off a bunch of great players, um, guys that are going to play at the next level. It's a lot of fun just because the competition level is at an all-time high. Uh, I mean, even at corner, we just brought in Jordan, uh, and he's going to be a great addition to, to to the cornerback room. And I'm just excited to start fall camp tomorrow. 
Absolutely. And also, Eka, you mentioned Jordan, and I know there has been some questions, not here, but in other places, how the secondary might be the biggest question mark for this team. But we got a lot of impact transfers coming into the secondary. Who do you think has stood out the most? Um, I mean, like I said, Jordan, um, he's a great player. And we also have uh, Josh Hayes, um, another great player. He's going to do good for the safety room. Um, just bringing in a lot of uh, experience. Um, he's a guy that's played a lot, so we're we're gonna expect a lot from him. And Kobe Savage, um, he's just he's a baller. Uh, he loves the game, um, which I mean, that's that's something huge because he's gonna give his all um, every snap. So, Echo, I was looking around on your uh, your your profile for the uh, K-State Athletics on, on kstateathletics.com just to make sure I got all of my information right before I went out very publicly and said something stupid. Um, but yeah. I, I'm curious, you came from Lawrence High School, right? So were you originally a, a Jayhawk fan, or were you always a K-State guy? Or what, what did your recruitment look like uh, <laughs> coming all the way over from uh, from Lawrence? All right, um, it's kind of crazy, yeah. Growing up in Lawrence, uh, I was definitely a big Jayhawk fan. Okay. Um, actually, one of my friends, his dad was was a strength coach at KU, so uh, for KU fo- for KU football. So I mean, I was always around the uh, program and stuff. So I grew up on KU um, basketball, football, any sport you name it. Um, I was a big fan, but. Uh, just throughout my recruiting, um, K-State uh, just showed me a lot of love, and um, and they just kept in touch very uh, often, and that 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 was enough for me. Um, and also, um, Kansas State actually offered me a day before KU did, which kind of was upsetting. So uh, okay, that was definitely definitely a big reason. Okay, cool. So the, the 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 time in which Kansas State offered you was uh, part of the the decision process. I I hear that my brother right. my brother actually just got uh, accepted to the KU track team. He's a walk on, but uh, he's he's going to be on the KU track team. And I was kind of like, I guess from the opposite standpoint, it's kind of like oof for my family at first because we're all K State people and he's going over to KU. Right. But then now, yeah, we it, it was all about the coach, right? And so I'm sure that that also played into your uh, commitment to Kansas State a couple of years ago. But, Jasmine, you got you got a question. Yeah, I do. Since you were talking about, you know, how you used to be a huge KU fan, now that you've been at K-State for, you know, these amount of years, do you, like, somewhere in your heart still have love for KU? Um, yeah, definitely. Oof. Uh, Oof. <laughs> I know, I know it's tough to say, but it's okay. I got to be honest. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I, honestly, I support uh, – KU basketball a little bit. I like to see them do good, um, but <laughs> there there are a lot of people in the state of Kansas that you know they're like you know I like KU basketball, but I like KU football or K State football, and you know right. so that's that's cool. Like I feel that, um, and it's not every day that you get a K State football player saying yeah, I kind of like KU basketball. <laughs> hey, as long as that but, love goes away when they play <laughs> KU in football, yeah, that's all that matters. There we go. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think I think that we've seen that it does. Uh, from from your play against KU, so Joe Klanderman has come out and and pretty publicly said, as well as Coach Kleiman, 
then it's kind of like you guys are going to be doing this three-three-five defense, right? And that's Kansas State was not known for their three-three-five defense. They're known for their four-man front. But uh, have you had to like relearn skills, or have you had to learn new skills to help you be a better player in the three-three-five um, defensive scheme? Because it relies so heavily on the secondary, right? The corners and the right. safeties. Yeah. Um, I mean, last year uh, we we played that a little bit, but um, just. I think Coach Klenderman, he just feels like um, our defensive backs can do it, can get the job done. Uh, he likes to just let us go out there and just fly around and play fast. Uh, and I feel like that's the perfect defense to do it in. Okay. The perfect defense, in the words of Echo Boydo, is a three-three-five. Interesting. Um, so uh, something that I've been very curious about from the day that you stepped foot on the K-State roster is – how did you get the name of Echo? What's what's the the scoop behind your your first name? Right. Um, so, as you know, or if you didn't know, I was born in Ghana, uh, West Africa. I did not know and, that. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, I moved to Lawrence when I was about three years old, and so pretty much, Echo means I was born after twins. So I have two. I have two brothers. They're twins. They're older than me. Um, Okay. So that's the meaning of echo. Okay. No, that's really cool. cool. I was thinking, like, you know, a, a shark uses, like, sonar in the water to, to, like, find and attack their prey, right? So I thought that you were using, like, your your echo, your name to fly around and hit people on the football field, right? You got that, that extra edge, <laughs> but I guess not. No, that's really cool. No, that's, that's my real name, but uh, I also go by Pac. Okay. And... and Pretty much that is like another name in my culture. Um, it comes from Paco, which just means respect. Um, so growing up, like, that's what all my friends called me. They called me Paco. And, uh, like, throughout my senior year and at K-State, like, everyone, I just go by Pac now. That's awesome. Now, that's, that's a really cool inside look into uh, what your name uh comes from because you know when i looked up what my name comes from colby right it was like somebody <laughs> somebody who does work in like a coal mine or something yeah, like that right. or or, I, or i'm usually associated with the cheese right colby jack cheese and it's kind of like r.i.p no that's not even yeah. remotely close um so something that we saw very heavily on the stage of college football last year was the national championship game georgia and alabama uh, and there's this famous video that came out where the linebackers, the Georgia game, were policing each other, right? They were, like, yelling at each other. One of the linebackers missed his assignment. It gave up a touchdown. His other yeah. linebacker came up and was like, yo, what are you doing? But it was also, like, constructive, right? Does K-State, right. Uh, like, play with that same amount of accountability? I know I know, Coach Kleiman is all about accountability and being the man, right, and stepping up and being right. that guy. Um, but can you, can you kind of shed some light uh, as someone who's – inside of that right now what that kind of looks like for the defense right um i mean that's something not not only coach Kleinman uh uh harps about but like every every coach and everybody in the building um is accountability uh not not just like it's it's a lot easier and it means a lot more well not easier but it's harder but it means a lot more uh coming from a player uh other than just a coach or something and uh I feel like that's something that that our team is getting better at, uh, being able to just call someone out without them having harsh feelings, which is it's a really tough thing to do, but 
sure. once you're able to do it, it'll take you a lot of places. Yeah, no, that kind of that kind of personal responsibility and accountability. I think shows maturity as a person because I mean, like, what business doesn't want their guys to be accountable on their team? You know, exactly. um, so it's like it's a it's one of those life skills that you learn in football that can be applied anywhere. So I think that's great. Um, in your opinion, I'm going to switch gears here, and I I don't want to be that guy that like quizzes you about the offense because you're a defensive player, <laughs> but you get a unique perspective right. because you get to play against it in practice. So what what was your initial thought of uh, Colin Klein being named the offensive coordinator after the Texas Bowl? I was very excited about hearing that. Um, I mean, like just I mean, right after the LSU game, um, I feel like a lot of people could see a difference um, yeah. just just after that one game um but i'm i think he's a hungry coach and he's a guy that knows a lot about the game um he's been through it uh which which is a big thing for us and i'm excited i'm excited to see what he can do so what was it like to play against a program like LSU in the Texas Bowl? I mean, I know they're, some of their key guys were either injured or sick, but, you know, that's still like LSU. I mean, they, they won a, a national championship 2019, went 15-0, right. you know. So, like, what's what was it? Was it intimidating to play against them, or was it kind of like you're about to get lit up by Kansas State and you don't respect us? Um, yeah, I feel like it was exactly that. Uh, I mean – Coming into it, this is this is what any like smaller program, uh, if you say, would want uh, ch- a chance to actually go out there and play against what they say is is a big time uh, conference, whoever it is in the SEC. Um, but it being LSU is just like we would we wouldn't want it any other any any other way. Like, okay, it, it was the perfect thing. No, that's great, and the the defense. Jeez, the defense was nasty in that game. I mean, the the score doesn't reflect it, the 42 to 20 because of those like two garbage time touchdowns, right? But right. like dang, that was uh Echo, I don't know if I've been more excited for a bowl game in a long time because that was that was, <laughs> that was exciting. Oh my gosh. Uh and it gave me something to be happy about cuz my brother his basketball team had just lost this really important game and I came outside. I was like, "Ah, the K-State game's on, turned on my phone. You guys were already up by, like, 21 points. And I said, oh, my God, <laughs> incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just go over um, and watch it now. So very good, very awesome stuff. Jasmine, what you got? Yeah, since, you know, we're on that LSU game, Echo, what is like? Uh, what was your biggest moment from that game or something that you will, like, always remember going up against a program such as LSU? Um, me getting scored on. I'm playing. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, you were, if you're honest, you're honest, right? <laughs> uh, um, I would say I, one of the first possessions, um, I think, yeah, one of the first possessions was a quick three and out. Um, having Getting three and outs early is just it's, it's the best thing because it just gives the whole defense a lot of confidence. Um, and I feel like that's, that's what did it did it for us just knowing that we could play in that environment um and yeah okay so what was it like preparing for that team because like colby said a lot of the guys were out sick or decided to not play you know because they wanted to either enter the transfer portal or get ready for the draft so what was it like preparing for that team especially when they had a 
a quarterback who was, you know, had like ha- played quarterback had, in three years. Exactly. Or and was a wide yeah. receiver. Like, how did you guys <laughs> right. try to like prepare for that game? Right. Um, I mean, we just, each day we would just continue just to get better um, at our craft. I mean, there's like when you, when there's a situation like that, you're not really going to like scout out players and like, really focus on that too much you're just going to focus on the scheme and what what they do um i mean i mean having their quarterback out and having a receiver i think he was uh playing quarterback uh you're just you're just going to go out there and play ball nice that's a good answer um so i don't i don't want to get you any hot water here so if you can't answer this question that's okay but (laughs) what do you have any predictions on the year what's what's k-state's record gonna be um I couldn't say a record, <laughs> but I feel like I that's feel like that's a loaded question. Is, I'm sorry, yeah. I, I kind of went for that, but you <laughs> you you gave the right answer. That's okay. <laughs> no, I feel like this one's gonna be one of the best that I've had. Uh, definitely, it's not the best. Uh, I feel like we have a lot of talent, um, and that's something we've maybe lacked a little bit in the years before sure. um, to an extent. But we have a lot of talent and different guys we can use in certain ways and I think coach Klein is gonna uh is gonna be a big help to that that's awesome um well so I'm very much looking forward to seeing you on the gridiron uh I'm I just love seeing you make plays man I mean it's like when I was calling one of the K-State games last year is my first game that I called for Wildcat 91.9 was the TCU game you had some big plays in the TCU game I'm like man Echo Boydo every time they target him uh he's just playing lockdown defense so that was uh that was pretty cool and I'm looking forward to seeing you play more lockdown defense in the future Echo Thanks for being on the show today. I appreciate you coming on, and we're looking forward to seeing how you do in football season here in just a couple of weeks. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Our pleasure. All right. Echo Boydo just heard from one of the key members of the K-State Secondary. This is going to be a fun evening. we got a lot of things to talk about. Ryan Gilbert coming on the show. He was here on Thursday. Turns out our predictions about Dylan Edwards were correct. So... Yeah, RIP. I have many things to say about that, and you're going to hear it all in just a second. You've been listening to Training Camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. Wildcat 91.9 would like to thank Tanner's Bar and Grill in the Ville for its support for the next generation of K-State media stars. Tanner's Kitchen is open until 10 p.m. nightly for a full menu of Manhattan's favorites, such as the Jamaican Jerk Chicken. Most nights, Tanner is open until 2 a.m. for a late nightcap. See the full menu and specialties at tannersbarandgrill.com. For a game on Tanner's large TV screens or a bite with family and friends, discover Tanner's at tannersbarandgrill.com. Dearborn Coffee, located downtown inside the Village Geek, is open for late-night coffee drinks such as flavored lattes, espressos, and a selection of teas. Meeting friends after hours? Dearborn Coffee is open seven days a week inside downtown Manhattan's The Village Geek. For a late-night coffee jolt, visit Dearborn Coffee at 105 North 3rd Street inside The Village Geek in downtown Manhattan.
Hello, this is former football Wildcat head coach, Bill Snyder. As a fan of K-State, like me, you're proud to be associated with hardworking young people who get the job done. Wildcat 91.9, here on campus, is the award-winning, longest-running college FM radio station in the country, perhaps even the world. Wildcat 91.9 has been entertaining the Flint Hills and teaching public performance, radio, programming, news and sports journalism, play-by-play -play skills, social media, and now multi-platform media for more than 70 years. But due to financial setbacks at Kansas State, Wildcat 91.9 needs us to join the cheering section with a donation of any size. I am sharing my support for Wildcat 91.9 in hopes that you will too. Help secure Wildcat 91.9's future so that all students can enjoy this incredible resource for another seven decades. To donate, go to wildcat919.com and click on the To Donate button. The KSU Foundation will take it from there. Donating to Wildcat 919 is even faster and easier than the Wildcat formation. We should know we invented it. So, if you love local news, sports, and new music as much as I do, let's make this the greatest kickoff in Kansas State history. Go Cats and go Wildcat 91.9. New music now. That work? Yeah, that'll work, Coach. K-State football returns September 3rd against the University of South Dakota Coyotes on Wildcat 91.9. New music now. Jimmy, stop messing with the freaking radio dial. Hey, uh, Coach, do you think that maybe we could, I don't know, turn on some music or something? What? No. When the little hand reaches the 7 and the big hand reaches the 12, then we can change the radio station. But for now, we're listening to Training Camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. Now get back to the huddle. I feel like somebody somewhere is going to get, like, mad at me for playing that. We play that in Cat Bin. Okay. Well you're, then, so you're okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> but Dr. Trace. Dr. Nobody's Dr. nobody's denying Dr. Trace. Hey, Dr. Wimmer, he's what runs the, the Cat Bin. So oh, it's, well. It's in the, ro it's in the rotation every single game. Dr. And, Wimmer know, is great. Yeah, so. ain't, ain't, ain't been talked to yet. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, as long as nobody comes to get me for it, I, I guess I don't really care. Because I love that song. It's like, bro, it's Queen. If anybody is upset about, I guess, the implication. I don't know. I don't uh -huh. know what the implications are. But, uh, yeah, come and get me, I guess. <laughs> I'm safe here in the studio. Uh, as long as we don't have any, like, did you ever see Jingle All the Way? 
with Arnold Schwarzenegger and oh yeah, and the and the and the dude, the little kid who plays Anakin Skywalker and and uh, wait, that was him. Yeah, with the one where he's trying to get that toy. Yeah, like the toy. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's young. That's that how that's how long ago that oh movie came out. Goodness. Yeah, no, as uh, right. d- remember, there's like a really famous scene where they. Because they're trying to get the action figure, they uh-huh. break into like the radio station to go attack the disc jockey to make I him remember give the... that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, nobody's gonna be breaking into Wildcat ninety one nine because you don't know where it's located. Also, I can fight. <laughs> How about that? Uh, in the recesses of the music department, you will never find us. Mm-hmm. So okay, I'm very excited again to have another guest, Ryan Gilbert. Ryan, thanks for coming back on the show. I wish it was under more. Um, joyous circumstances, but it looks like we uh, were right based off of our comments on Thursday. And if you weren't tuned in on Thursday, we talked about how we felt it was unlikely that Dylan Edwards was going to be sticking around Kansas State. And then one day later, self-fulfilling prophecy. So RIP us. Maybe we should stop talking, right? (laughs) Well, first things first, I like the music choice, okay? Thank you. I want to be clear on that. Good (laughs) choice. But uh, I think, yeah, me and you should just be fortune teller shouldn't we Colby I mean we kind of called it that this was nothing but bad news um, with that Notre Dame offer coming in I I think you can maybe look the other way and try to be optimistic if you're a K-State fan but once that visit um, out to Notre Dame took place it kind of felt like it was over from that point yeah and I just remember people like going on Twitter and being like don't be negative like it's all good even Derek Young was like hey just for clarification he was at the like the tailgate thing that they did Wednesday night. Like they, they pulled in all the recruits. They were doing like steaks. They were just having a cookout over on the like the, the balcony for veneer that overlooks the football stadium. And then Thursday he's off to South Bend, and then Friday he's already decommitted. It's like what on earth is happening right now? Um, and I, I was like I had this classical music gig in Russell, Kansas Friday night, so I didn't have my show. And I literally finished singing like Handel's Messiah, open up my phone and my phone is exploding. Like the Twitter app is just on fire <laughs> because everybody is freaking out because he decommitted. And I was I was really upset about it, to be honest. Um, but I let it sit for the evening and then I let it sit some into Saturday morning. And then I had amassed my thoughts and I tweeted them out. And I was like, actually, I'm going to delete that because I think it'd be better to like communicate them live so the third segment i'm going to have my personal opinions on this but can i'm going to play a clip for us real fast and then ryan i want to get uh, your opinions on a couple of points that i have here going forward but let's hear what Derek young has to say from the emergency three mob podcast that was held on the kc sports network youtube page with um cole manbeck john kurtz and Derek young a bunch of case staters uh it's just it's kind of a dumpster fire uh, let's let's be honest uh, this whole situation and Derek had some interesting things to say about it like I said, he was committed for 36 days, and the timeline would be that for most of that, it seemed like he was pretty locked in and dedicated to Kansas State. I think the first cracks we saw came with his flirtation with Nebraska on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, even. Um, if folks can remember that, just all the liking of the tweets and stuff. So at that point, even though I thought that was more of a troll job and, and kind of Dylan being Dylan, it was probably understood, at least by me, that this was going to be an interesting recruitment, that he would at least put his flair into it, even if he were to remain with Kansas State. I thought that they, he was going to make folks sweat a little bit, and I thought that was probably just his intention the entire time. So 
I wasn't shocked that um, we're here. I'm shocked that he probably decommitted as soon as he did. So it's interesting to me that, like, all of these pundits for Kansas State had already said, yeah, he's already acting weird. And that's just, that's his flair. What kind of flair is that? Like, if I had known that there was, like, this other side of of Dylan Edwards that was like, oh, I'm going to monkey around with you even though I committed to your school, like your fan base, I'm going to go, you know, play footsie with Nebraska, and then I'm going to take this unannounced trip over to Notre Dame, and then I'm just going to decommit altogether. Like, if I would known that, I would have been probably way less optimistic about the Dylan Edwards commitment uh, than I originally had been. So, what, Ryan, what was your initial thought, I guess, when you saw, like, the the very professional graphic that he had already had put together after you know 36 hours uh in south bend what so what what does it say to you and what were your initial thoughts well initially i was actually kind of in your boat i was uh for those who don't know i bartend galucha and aggieville and i was working a dinner shift and i i was just working i don't get on my phone while bartending and so I didn't, I didn't have any idea until an hour or two after it had happened when I looked at my phone and saw, you know, my phone practically broke, you know, blew up with, with everyone talking about it. But yeah. uh, you mentioned the unannounced, you know, visit to Notre Dame, right? He was at that cookout on Wednesday, and a matter of hours later, he's gone. He didn't tell any coach from K-State, any player from K-State about it. And that's what I think is kind of the shame in this whole situation with Edwards, right? We mentioned this, I'll reiterate it, from last week. You know, he can do whatever he wants. It's his life. No one should should tell him how to go about his recruitment, right? I think it's kind of the way things happen, right? Some of the, the things that he said um, at his live announcement in Derby, saying that he's fully locked in with K-State and he doesn't see himself decommitting, right. um, as ironic as that was, I think it's the way things went down and how that, burge, uh, that bridge excuse me, seems to have, uh, you know, that's burned now. Um, with the way things went down, right? I think that, you know, Chris Kleiman and his staff, maybe if there was some more communication um, from Edwards in this camp, that maybe the door would be open in a few years, uh, years from now. Uh, but I just, I don't see that, you know, being the case. And, uh, you know, maybe Avery Johnson had a little bit uh, to do with this. I don't want to walk on his toes or Dylan's toes, anybody's toes. But, you know, Avery Johnson has been the man for K-State in this class. It almost like, Dylan Edwards took a backseat to Johnson. And who knows if uh, Dylan wanted to be that guy, which is ironic because if he goes to Notre Dame, he'll probably just be that guy. Uh, any other ordinary guy, right? <laughs> yeah, so right. who knows what his rationale was for leaving. I think he just has that hunger, um, kind of that motivation to get, you know, he's never satisfied, right? Here in life, you know, no matter what we're doing as human beings, we're always trying to, you know, get more money, you know, do whatever. You know, I got to get better grades in class, right? We're never satisfied. Um, and that's kind of true for Edwards. Uh, our own Ryan Wallace at Go Power Cat put out a really good piece and just outlined everything um, with Edwards. That's up for our VIP subscribers. That came out this morning. Really good read. Uh, I would recommend checking that out. But just to kind of reiterate his words, it's just, yeah, it's not that you want to go play somewhere else. It's just kind of how things went down here over the last couple of days from not telling your coaches that you're going to be gone to literally just decommitting with that graphic. Colby, like you mentioned, that was, you know, pre-made. 
Um, it was definitely, it was definitely a, a professional job. You know, it's not like he threw some sort of picture together. I mean, he had he had very purposefully hired somebody to make that graphic for him. You know, and I think, and of course, it was green, right? Right, of That's course, not a coincidence at all. Of course, no. Well, well, and you know, Derek Young in the in the Three Mob podcast interview had said I or it might have been Cole Manbeck but one of them had said I thought that he had already committed to Nebraska to Nebraska to Notre Dame because mm-hmm. it was green but it was just his it was his derby jersey right which is also green so I didn't uh, I didn't even pick uh-huh. up on that but uh, <laughs> uh apparently that's what it was but I, I yes it just there's a part of me like part of me kind of gets this whole thing where it's like you know he's a 17 year old you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, it probably sounds ironic coming from a 23-year-old like me. It's kind of like, well, who on earth are you to to question him? I mean, I'm closer to 17 than I am to, you know, Coach Kleiman you know, or something. But it's I, – I just would have – for someone who got up and spoke so publicly and extensively about loyalty, <laughs> loyalty and commitment at his commitment ceremony, it's – hilariously bad for him to make this move I think and also there's this general opinion that's come out on Twitter from a lot of folks that I, I respect from a lot of K-State pundits in the media that it's like you can't say anything about it and I'm over like why? why why can't we say anything about it I, I think it's unique because Dylan Edwards wants to be the man he wants to be a professional he wants to be paid like a professional he wants to be treated like a professional he just did something that was really really unprofessional and but we're all supposed to sit back and say oh well he's 17. now you 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 can't have it both ways it's either one way or the other you're professional or you're not and i i just that's really bothersome to me as someone who's like brand new to like the whole mass media and i guess the ethics of media it just really is a, a thorn in under my saddle it's kind of like, why why can't I say something about this? So I'm probably going to be the only outspoken person about this, like truly outspoken. <laughs> um, that, And I'll talk more extensively about that in our, in our third segment. But I just, where do you think K-State is going to go from here for the 2023 recruiting class? Because part of the problem is that K-State lands Dylan Edwards and they say, oh, we can take kind of our foot off the pedal for our needs in the running back room because we just landed the number two recruit in the state of Kansas who's this big time running back and now he's gone just unceremoniously left so now what what are we left with and how can we recover from that in your eyes well it's funny me and and our crew at go power cat were actually just talking about this the other day about obviously john randall jr is kind of the clear front runner as uh, a guy that they need to kind of go out and pursue sure and i don't know if he would um completely replicate dylan edwards uh, his role at Kansas State, uh, they're two different running backs. So it's kind of apples and oranges in that sense, but they are, you know, very highly rated players. And if you can replace Edwards, you know, with Randall, then it's it's almost it's almost like a fair trade. Obviously, you know, Edwards uh, being, you know, the legacy with his dad playing at K-State, you know, the commitment already happening, I think it would kind of sting, you know, for, for K-State fans, you know, not to get him. I get that. I really do. Uh, but, you know, after Randall, I mean, there's a lot of digging and kind of behind-the-scenes work that needs to be done to figure out where K-State could go um, at the running back position. Now, now Deuce Vaughn, I think this needs to be highlighted. There's some talks of him going to the NFL after this next season. You know, maybe if you don't get a guy like Dylan Edwards or uh, John Randall, maybe you say, hey, hey, Deuce, you know, we really need you here in Manhattan. 
Um, let's try to find you uh, a way to get you some NIL money from somebody, right? Let's try to, you know, we'll, we'll make sure that you get on kick returns, punt returns, whatever it is that you want for your NFL stock to go up, we will cater to your needs, right? I think that if, if K-State doesn't get a good running back in this class, you got to try to do everything you can to keep Deuce Vaughn around. If you get Randall, then I think it's maybe okay if Deuce Vaughn wants to go to the NFL. And I don't know what Deuce Vaughn's going to do. Um, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth. But if he does want to go to the NFL, getting a guy like John Randall is, is very key. And also, the transfer portal is always an, an option. You look at quarterback position, K-State's got their starter for next season via the portal. So that's always going to be an option for Chris Kleiman and his staff moving forward. But I think right now the next biggest priority for this staff is probably John Randall at running back position and just throughout the whole roster in general. Yeah, I I agree with that 1,000%. And I think that it's like the obvious move. It's the right move. The only thing that I think that is kind of not comparable between um, – Josh Randall Jr. and uh, or is it or is it John Randall Jr. John John John, yeah. John, John. okay yeah my bad um, and then uh, Dylan Edwards is that th- th- he doesn't have the elite speed that Dylan Edwards has but he's still fast you know it's kind of like um, I, he he I think he's honestly has more of a complete sense to who he is um, Randall Jr. as a uh, a running back than a little bit less than Dylan Edwards but you know. All right, it is what it is. Um, but I think the key thing, the most important thing for K-State fans, and especially myself, to take on from this, Avery Johnson is committed. Avery Johnson, the minute that Dylan Edwards waffled and was gone, everybody kind of looked at Avery Johnson and was like, you better not move either. And he very <laughs> publicly came out and said, hey, I'm with K-State. He handled his recruitment way differently. He wants to be at Kansas State. I think he's going to be the man for Kansas State. So I, I'm I'm really not concerned about Avery Johnson. I don't think our our uh, players or our fans should be either because I, I think that unlike Dylan Edwards, when he says something, he means it. And I think that uh, it's, it's going to be somebody that stays with the program uh, like we wanted Dylan Edwards to. Do you, do you agree with that sentiment? Mm-hmm. I do. And, you know, uh, Avery Johnson was very forward. Uh, he communicated, you know, he didn't really play any games, quote unquote, like Edwards kind of did yeah. um, throughout his recruitment. So, you know, Johnson's locked in. And I think if anything were to have, um, you know, something would have surfaced by now with Johnson just because of how uh, transparent he had been throughout his whole process with, with us at Go Power Cat. I think something would have came out by now. So I, I'm not concerned with Johnson and obviously, you know, wishing Dylan Edwards the best, but you know, maybe it could be a blessing in disguise that this happens now and not, you know, mid-season next season or mid-season three seasons from now. What if K-State's like 6-0 and in 2023 or 2024 or whatever, and Edwards is, you know, leading the nation, and then and Notre Dame is like, hey, we want you to come play for us. Like, who knows with college football now? Who knows? So yeah. I think it's, you know, Avery Johnson's locked in, and that's kind of where uh, the focus needs to be for, I guess you were talking about fans, right? Avery Johnson is is the guy, and that's not going to change. Yeah, I agree with that. Also 1,000%. Great takes. I appreciate you being on the show with us this evening, Ryan. Always great to have you back on. I wish it was under better circumstances, but uh, I guess an I told you so is in order for all of us who are kind of like, nah, it's not going to (laughs) happen. So uh, RIP, I guess. But thanks for coming on the show, my man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. You've been listening to Training Camp with Colby Van Camp here on Wildcat 91.9. We got a lot of things to talk about in our third segment. Don't go away.
Paying for cable these days just isn't really worth it. But how are you going to watch the Royals? Well, Tanner's Bar and Grill has got you covered. Located at 1200 Morrow in Aggieville, Tanner's 22 different screens will have the Royals no matter where you look. While you're there, you can grab a fresh Booga or maybe even one of the 16 different ice cold beers Tanner's has on tap. Or there are over 40 different craft beers and seasonal drinks. You can also enjoy the great summer weather at the Tanner's patio. If you can't be at the K, Tanner's is the place to be. Manhattan's own Meadowlark Hills Independent Living, Assisted Living, and Memory Care is looking to hire. Meadowlark is searching for dedicated individuals eager to serve their community. You can expect competitive wages and higher pay for night shifts. More information is available at careers.meadowlark.org or call 785-323-3893. Work at Meadowlark and live your way. Hi, this is Lily Muter, Assistant Advertising Manager for the Collegian Media Group. MHK Housing is your one-stop shop for off-campus housing in Manhattan. With over 300 properties available on our website and easy-to-navigate filters, MHK Housing helps you find housing in all shapes, sizes, and prices all over the Little Apple. Brought to you by Collegian Media Group, MHK Housing is designed by students for students. For more information, go to mhkhousing.com. That's mhkhousing.com. MHK Housing, your key to off-campus housing. Offense! What the f*** was that? Oh no, here he comes. Quick, somebody turn on training camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. So Jasmine, what are your uh, what are your thoughts about this whole Dylan Edwards business? Oh goodness, you okay? Like you, of course we both. I get the both sides and be like, okay, like he is he is a, he's a junior, like he's a junior in high school. Yeah. Like he this, he is a little like a literal child. So you can kind of see the immaturity that kind of came with his decision and sure. how he came about it. So when you really think about that. You can't necessarily be surprised that this might have been the outcome yeah. or like maybe or how it came about. But also, like, every, if this happened to any other school, fans would be upset. So yeah. it's, you can honestly, you can see both sides to this, but you can and you can always find middle ground. And that's what I think that I think I would I would do, because when I first saw that he decommitted, I was like, wow, bro, it's like that. But then I'm like, that's right. I ain't got I ain't got jack to do with this kid, okay? <laughs> this kid don't know me. I don't know him, and that's I don't know his character. I can't speak to his character and be like, all right, he he can do what he wants to do. So that's when you have to really think about that. Be like, just you know what? Fine, it's okay. I'm still going, still gonna get up in the morning. I'm still gonna go to work. I know when football season comes around, it might be a little bit different. I know that probably right now he said that K State is not out of the picture. But I, I am pretty sure it is out, out of the picture. picture. It's definitely. Um, uh, it's such a okay. Can, sorry, I'm no, no, I, but, I but yeah. But is he's he's now more than likely going to be public enemy number one. Yeah, I know K State fans were already like you know like yeah we gotta go uh, when Derby and Mays High School play against see Avery Johnson and uh, 
and uh, Dylan Edwards, you know, play against each other one last time before they join up in purple. Well, now that's going to be a very one-sided crowd, and Dylan Edwards is probably going to get a lot of booze in his own city or his own yeah. stadium in his own state yeah. because he pulled something like this. Well, and, and I bet I bet Avery Johnson now has circled that game and is like, I'm going to go out of my way to demolish your team. I mean, also considering um, how uh, how much of an active role uh, Dylan Edwards was playing in recruiting. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's that's part of what like blows my mind with all of this is that how can you like what precipitated between 36 days ago when you're getting up and saying all this stuff. In fact, don't, don't don't just take it from me. Let's hear what Dylan Edwards himself had to say at his recruitment thing. And hopefully it makes you as angry as it makes me to listen to this. Just let's take a listen. Well, it seems that I'm having a little bit of an issue with uh, my cart wall, so that's not going to be playing for us it here. Happens. Uh, yeah, it happens. It happens from time to time. I'm glad it's happening at the end of the show. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my gosh, uh, because that would be really obnoxious to have to go through the whole computer restart business that we have to. But essentially, he got up and he talked about all this loyalty, and he had all that's these true. things that he wanted to say and all this stuff. I'm like, my guy, like you completely just left this out to dry. I mean, why do not go up there and say all that kind of stuff and then turn around 36 days later and like decommit. Like I just I just don't understand. And then also, we all thought that he was probably going to be a lock for Oklahoma. Oklahoma picks up their key running back, Dylan Edwards becomes available to us. Frankly, K-State fans should have seen the writing on the wall and said, "Uh, we were not his first choice to begin with." Okay? We need to realize that we were not his first choice to begin with. But it's even crazier because when he t- when he, you go back and listen to his commitment speech, like he took one tour of Kansas State and he told Colin Klein on the tour, I'm committing today. Like, where do I need to go and who do I need to talk to to make sure that this happens? And he's like, oh, right. shoot. Even Colin Klein was like, yo, okay, cool. Like, let's, uh, let's make it happen. Um, and I think I realized the issue why my, my thing wasn't playing. Because, I mean... I can uh, get the music in there. Um, uh-huh. I am. I there's a funky thing with Adobe Audition that I always forget that I have to like slide the clip all the way to the beginning uh, when yes. I export it, or it just comes up with a bunch of like <laughs> dead air. So I apologize. The, my cart wall actually is working. I just was a dummy in the uh, in the editing process. It's okay. So play is messed up. Yeah, play is messed up. It's cool. It's okay. But <laughs> so you come out, you say all these things about commitment and loyalty, yes. and then turn around and embody the opposite of commitment and loyalty. And okay, so what have we de- what have we determined? Dylan Edwards likes to be recruited, um, and that he should not have pulled the trigger on his commitment so quickly like he did with the Cats. Okay, I think so. The general philosophy behind people, especially in the media, that you don't like come at a recruit when they don't pick your school, mm-hmm. I think is valid. Yes. Like, like don't don't do that. It's in poor taste, right? That sucks. However, when it is my opinion. At whether you like it or not, that when you're a recruit who commits, and I get it, all of you who want to come at me and say on my Twitter or on my Instagram or whatever and say, um, he didn't really commit. It's a verbal commitment. There's no ink on the paper. He hasn't signed anything. Fine. But then why do a verbal commitment? 
Like, if it doesn't mean anything, then why are we out here doing it and putting so much emphasis on these verbal commitments, okay? Frankly, I think that football players should be made to sign on the day that they commit. Because if you're, if you're ready to commit, then you go commit, right? And so that's what he did, and then he's turning around and uncommitting, decommitting. And I, I, I just I take offense to that as a, as a K-State fan, as someone with K-State media, um, and then also just as a person. Like, I call me old-fashioned, but my parents always taught me that if you get into something and you start doing it and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. Like, you, you should at least finish part of the commitment, all right? Mm-hmm. The minute that it gets tough, you say, okay, I'm going to just put my nose to the grindstone, going to work through it, see what I can come up with. And, I mean, he's this coveted recruit. If he essentially says jump, I bet K-State football is going to say how high, you know, because they want him there. So I just I don't understand where this is coming from for him. But now, as a K-State fan and as a pundit, I think he's shown his true colors. I think he's shown that he's indecisive. I think that he's shown that he has a loyalty issue. Um, and that is not something that I want for my program. That is not something that I want to see K-State endure. Um, and it's interesting because Ryan Gilbert and I, who we just had on the show in the second segment, on Thursday, last Thursday, talked about this idea of, like, you want to have the guys that are bought into your program, right? Forget the five-star who is going to transfer out the minute that it gets tough because he's not QB1 or because he's not RB1. You know, it's because he's not getting his way. Be weary of that person. Be wary of that person. I guess be weary and be wary of that person, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I, 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 he wasn't even given the opportunity. Like, he didn't even try to see if it was going to get tough. He would have totally been the guy, and yet he's still left. So I, I think there's a principal issue here uh, or an issue with principle in that the principled thing to do would be to stick through with your commitment because you publicly made that commitment, right? I think that's the right thing to do. I think that's the honorable thing to do. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're saying. Oh, he's 17. He can't make decisions for himself. Um, we're asking children to make a lot more intense decisions for themselves at a lot younger ages than uh, <laughs> whether Dylan Edwards is going to play football at Kansas State or not. And then you know what? I also take offense to this idea because now we have NIL, right? We have money. We have millions of dollars that are being thrown at high school players simply so that they come and play at a school. And all this comes from professionalism, right? Mm. You want to be you want to be treated like a professional. You want to be a professional. And it's kind of like you want to be a professional without being at the NFL. Okay, so you want to get a taste of the NFL. This kind of nonsense does not fly in the NFL, okay? The minute that you think that you can go say one thing and then go do another thing, it's not going to happen. And you're going to get blacklisted like that in the NFL. May I present to you Antonio Brown? Like, hello, are you not watching all of the people whose careers have dropped dead overnight because they're prima donnas? Because regardless of how much skill they have, people just don't want to be associated with them because their yes is not yes and their no is not no. And from what we can see now, is that Dylan Edwards' yes is not yes, and that his no is not no. And yet, I, as a person of the media, am not allowed to say that. I'm not allowed to say that. Why? Why? I think that's stupid. If you want to be treated like a professional, if you want to be paid like a professional, I bet you anything that Dylan Edwards was offered a three, uh, sorry, a six-figure sum 
to come to Notre Dame. Now, we don't know that for sure, but based off of Notre Dame's NIL statistics from on3.com, you can go look it up, on3.com, and look up what the average NIL per recruit is. It's something in the in the hundreds of thousands of dollars per recruit, okay? So the idea that Dylan Edwards was not offered something in six figures is, is shocking to me, specifically because of how quickly he had uh, changed courses from being bought into Kansas State, going to their Wednesday evening cookout with steaks, to then over to South Bend Thursday and then decommitted on Friday. So... How that happened, I do not know, but I assume that it has to do with money. Well, <laughs> so if we're going to pay these guys to be professional, then I expect them to act professional. And the way that Dylan Edwards did this was not professional, okay? Not professional at all. In fact, our friends over on the Three Mob podcast on the Kansas City Sports Network, under the impression that the K-State football staff didn't even know that Edwards was going to decommit until he had put it on his Twitter. Professional. Professionalism, right? So I just, the idea that I can't come out and say that is stupid, and I reject it, and I reject you if you think that. Like, I really do, but a lot of my problem, and you know what, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, my hypocrisy knows no bounds. Mm-hmm. Full, full transparency. Like, my hypocrisy knows no bounds. I'm a K-State homer, okay? I want K-State to pursue guys who have already been committed, right? I want that to work in my favor. But I don't yes. want guys who are on my class to be poached. Okay, I will admit that. I will admit that. Straight up. I, I'm I'm uh, a hypocrite in that way. In the words of Doc Holliday, my hypocrisy knows no bounds, right? But why can't we question the motives of his moving? Because in, in literally any other part of life, we would sit down and question the motives of why he did this. But because he's a football recruit and he's 17, even though he wants to be a professional, he wants to be treated like a professional, he wants to be paid like a professional, he wants all of the perks of being a professional without actually acting like a professional, we can't talk about it. So, and then before you come at me and slide into my DMs and are like, you've never done anything like this before, you're very active and vocal about the fact that you never played football and you don't understand. Okay, let me tell you a quick story, and I don't tell you this as like a flex, because I'm... I'm very happy with the decision that I made about my personal education. And yes, the music recruiting that occurs is not even remotely close to the spotlights and the guarantees that occur with high school football athletes. But you know what? For the sake of the principle of loyalty, (laughs) I had made a verbal commitment to come to Kansas State when I got an offer from Juilliard in New York to go be a music student at Juilliard. Okay, I turned them down because, A, I knew that I didn't want to go to Juilliard because I'm not a big fan of the city of New York to begin with. But I knew that I could still do everything that I wanted to do and more at Kansas State that I could do at Juilliard. And then also I'd already told Kansas State I was going to go to Kansas State. Like my parents were like, hey, man, once you commit, you're in. And then you have to try it for at least a year. And then if you don't like it, then you can go somewhere else. But you have to go, be in for at least a year. You have to give it a shot. Okay? Where is anybody saying this to high school athletes? Saying, man, dude, you literally recruited. And you were recruited for two years. And you committed 36 days ago. Like, kind of sucks. But wh- who's, who's saying to Dylan Edwards, hey, doesn't it seem kind of suspect to you that Notre Dame gave no fricks about you until you broke the ESPN top 300 
And until you were named the fastest person at the Under Armour 50, uh, like recruiting event when you ran your 4.3840 yard dash, does does it does is nobody saying to Dylan Edwards? Doesn't that seem suspect to you that they did not care about you at all? They were loosely involved in your recruitment. I mean, they weren't even in his top three. He had a bunch of top three schools. It was like Nebraska, K State, and uh, Oklahoma, and he picked K State, right? But then. He's going to just go to Notre Dame because Notre Dame hiked up their skirt a little bit and said, ooh, come on over. Like, I, I don't understand. Why? Why? Who is saying to Dylan, hey, man, think about this. Do they really want you? I mean, because if they did really want you, they would want you there from day one, which is something that he talked extensively about K-State did in his recruit. I just, I don't get it. But let's let's step away from me for a second. Step away from me for a second. And we're going to listen to what Derek Young has to say more about uh, Dylan Edwards and his decommitment from Kansas State. Well, putting everything together, having a, basically a pep rally of a ceremony where you where Dylan also said, you know, I can't see myself decommitting or ever entering the transfer portal, and then 36 days later actually decommitting. So it's just hard to make sense of everything and how fastly it unfolded. Well, and then in an attempt to make sense of everything and how quickly it unfolded, let's also take a look at what John Kurtz had to say about the situation. I'm disappointed. I'm not all that surprised because of, one, how this recruitment had gone in general, uh, and two, just how recruiting goes in 2022, especially you get involved with high-profile kids that get a lot of big-time offers, which is not something K-State's experienced a lot of. There are things like this that do happen. So par for the course, unfortunately, but a reality that K-State fans have not had to deal with a whole lot. Now, having said that, I'm not telling you to not be frustrated by the way all that unfolded in the ceremony and all that stuff. I, I totally get it. And there, there is some level of frustration for me here. I'm just, I'm not in meltdown mode. Well, I'm kind of in meltdown mode. Um, and I, I, I hope that I haven't come across like a raving lunatic with my little speech here in the third segment. But I... Uh, I'm pretty upset about this, and I'm upset uh, that in general we can't hold these guys accountable for that. Like, I just, I just want accountability. I want, I want a public apology. Like, that's, that's what I want is for Dylan Edwards to say, "Hey, K State, K State fans who bought into me, who I probably would have gotten gotten mad nil money from if I played my cards right. Uh, I'm sorry for yanking you around like I did." And I'm just going to go to Notre Dame. I'm going to commit to Notre Dame. I'm going to be done with it. And um, my motivation was suspect. I realized that, but whatever. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you, like, like Ryan said, I'm glad we figured this out now because I want the three-star running back who's going to grind for Kansas State and be loyal, not the four-star prima donna who's going to run at the first uh, opportunity from a quote-unquote better organization. So, yeah. I'm sure I'll have more to comment on in the coming days. We will not have our show tomorrow night because of the Kansas primary elections. It's going to be fun. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Training Camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9, KSDB, 